What's up, Predators? Thanks for tuning in to the audio portion of the Smasher Pass broadcast with Travis and Dean. If you want to catch the video portion of it whenever we go live, check it out on YouTube at Apex Predator Outdoors and at Lung Crusher 53. Whenever we go live there, you can comment and be part of the show live. Comment and talk to our guests and uh, be a part of the show. So if you want to check it out, again, go check it out at Apex Predator Outdoors or Lung Crusher 53 at YouTube and be part of the show and also guys go ahead and subscribe and like and hit that little notification bell so you can be reminded whenever we post new episodes of the show and also subscribe to the feed here wherever you're listening to it so you can make sure that you never miss a new episode thanks predators and as always keep defying the odds what is going on predators it's travis here with apex predator outdoors and we are also here with dean and we're just kind of doing a little recap today we uh both went on an awesome uh, hunt in Louisiana for some ducks and some waterfowl and had a really good time, man. So we're just going to talk about that a little bit, debrief, talk about some gear and tactics, and uh, maybe even give a shout out to a couple people. So without further ado, Dean, what's going on? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, yeah. Living the dream, my friend. Living the dream, man. And uh, <laughs> it's good to be back on, man. It's been it's been way too long since uh, we've uh, we've dropped one of these. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a great hour of uh, shooting the shit and, and uh, recapping your first duck hunting trip, man. That was uh, that was a great time, man. So I, I was happy you got to got to go. Hell yeah, man! And like I say, nobody better to go with. Like I say, you've been doing you've been hunting ducks for how long now 30 years or so oh yeah easily yeah it's uh it's definitely my passion you know it's my buddies always ask me you know if you could only do one thing legally what would it be and it would hands down be waterfowl and i think <laughs> I, you know i don't even know you could ask other other guys at duck hunt or in bow hunt uh and they all kind of say the same thing and um you know for me it, it's just the whole you know, it better probably to hear from you, like what your experience was. I, I can talk about it all day long, but, you know, it's just the whole hours of boredom interjected with utter chaos. And, <laughs> and you know, it, we didn't have a dog this time, um, but watching the dogs, you know, work and being able to, you know, call ducks in and, and just your variety of things that you get to see. I think just all of it and then being cold and miserable. Uh, I just dig that anyway. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what'd you think man first first one out what uh what would you you know what's your thoughts oh man so you know i kind of i kind of know a little bit or knew a little bit about what to expect you know i've been watching videos about it for a long time i've got two cousins that are uh guides to take people out uh waterfowling and everything i was supposed to go with them previously this year but uh i think they got too busy with work and weren't able to do it or anything like that so uh like i said i had a couple of canceled trips and but uh there's no no harm no foul there but I, I kind of knew what to expect and everything, but I didn't know how much how fun it was going to be. And honestly, I gotta I gotta come down on myself a little bit because, um, to me, you know, I was always kind of uh, as I started hunting and everything, I've been really, I, I guess the thing I would say is that deer hunting and elk hunting and all this kind of stuff is a totally different game than duck hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like whenever you're up against the other ones, it's like it's you in the wild hit it up against that animal you know where it's like duck hunting it's <clears throat> it's way more laid back yeah you yeah. uh i, I think it, there, there's there's a really cool story to be told about it and i think where you know most uh most hunting situations where you're hunting any kind of like deer or uh, things like that or goats even you know i think there's a story to be told a little bit about um you know the hunt against the animal but i think what's really cool about duck hunting is it's almost more about the uh camaraderie and the stories you get to tell there and it's like it's almost like the the human relationship there is stronger anyways because i was going through and i was editing all the footage from that uh the hunt we did there and it was pretty funny because seeing all the stuff we're telling you know you're being able to laugh and shoot the shit and just have a good time you know and making jokes and telling stories about your elk hunt over there in utah and stuff and you know i just was able to laugh about that it was a good time and uh so you know, like I said, I think that's what's different about duck hunting. It's a totally different game, but I absolutely loved it. Like I said, it was a good, it was a really good time. And uh, like you said, man, like you just get ambushed by these things. They come in hot and they come in fast. And it's like, you're. <laughs> I, I've got a picture of Dean where he's got a a rebar in his mouth in the middle of it's like pulled a shotgun up to take a shot because you were you, like, you're in the middle of snack time. You just, you say, and then you just look over your shoulder and then boom, they're on top of you, you know, and we got a lot of video of us just ducking down and hiding like, Oh shit. 
Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's amazing, <clears throat> you know, still like every time I go, it's amazing that you, you got you got six eyes, right? And everybody's looking and you and you literally take your eyes off the sky for one second and, and there's twenty ducks in front of you. And, and you have no yeah. idea where they where they come from, which is fascinating to me because deer hunting is kind of the same, right? You, you, you're, you're constantly, you know, glassing or sitting in your stand and you're looking out, looking out, looking out, nothing's there. And then all of a sudden, poof, deer's in front of you. They're you right know? there, it, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's just, it's the craziest thing. Like nature itself is so fascinating in, in that yeah. regards, you know? Yeah, it, it makes you be, you know, 10 times as strong with your senses, you know? It's like we don't have... The sense of smell that these animals have we don't have quite the sense of sight that some of them have i think we have a little bit better sight than deer in a certain aspect hunting deer is a lot or, or elk or anything it's a lot like hunting a t-rex where it's like if you don't move they're kind of like okay you don't exist you know right <laughs> unless <laughs> right. unless you're standing yeah. out in the open you know with uh jeans and a you know a flannel shirt on like a fud or something you know then but uh you know we're, like i say with these animals it's just it's kind of wild and with ducks it's interesting because you know they come in so from so far away so fast you can just be shooting the shit and everything and all of a sudden you look up and there's a whole flock of ducks like right in front of you yeah. you know and it's just kind of wild and the, the baiting it's like you know bringing on bringing in your decoys and getting all the decoys set up there's a little bit of a science into that too and uh, why don't you talk about a little bit about that so whenever you're setting up the decoys and every all that stuff i was trying to take notes in my head mentally and learning all this at the same time and so you kind of want to you set them up in kind of like a a certain pattern in the wind. I mean, just talk to me about the decoy theory, yeah. I guess you'd say. So, you know, there's several different ways, obviously, that you can set them up. But wind is, in my opinion, the key, right? Because they're going to land into the wind. Um, and then almost like a shooting lane in archery, you kind of want to have them land inside of your V. Uh, some guys set them up in a J, depending on if you're kind of hunting an outlet versus open water. Um, but you just want that kind of middle shooting area open because that's where you want them to to settle in and couple and get your best shot clearly you know you're looking at you know 30 yards so you don't want on the middle of the lake right because that's where they're going to land so you want to get them as close as possible uh within shooting range and so and then and then the way you set them up so you're um, you know, your, your mallards, you know, you want to make sure you kind of pair them up, you know, you just don't want to throw them out there completely randomly, um, because, you know, they're smart. They're like any other animal, right? They're going to look down and go, well, that mallard shouldn't be sitting by, you know, a pintail that doesn't make sense, right? There's something wrong. Um, you want to have obviously the, the decoys you use, uh, what they see, you don't want them faded, you don't want their bellies up, right? They see white. That's that's not cool. Um, and you don't want them to be not moving. So again, wind, jerk strings, um, you know, they've got so many um, uh, like motion ducks or mojos you need to put out there. Anything you can kind of make that water ripple a little bit to make them look more lively. Um, that's all, all of that is important. And so there's... A science to it, I guess, but for the most part, you're just trying to mimic their natural, their natural habitat, right? To what they normally see, um, mm -hmm. and how you put them out. So that's, I mean, that's how I've always done it. I, I don't know that I spend a lot of time. I know a lot of guys that go, they're really meticulous. Like you want to have two, two hens and, and one drake or two drakes here and spread your hens out and don't put yeah. pintails next to each other. Um, I don't get all crazy that makes, with that. That makes deer look a lot smarter than, or sorry, ducks look a lot smarter than deer, man, because like a, a you could put a, a, a plastic deer out there and a buck's going to go up there and try to hump it until it falls to pieces. <laughs> and then he's going to look at you like, what the hell was that, man? Right. <laughs> or and the I, ducks are like, you know, I, I just don't, I don't feel good about this. It just doesn't feel right. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> well, and you saw that, right? I mean, when they, when they come in with that one that we hammered, that was a little bit further out, we let float and all of a sudden it was mm -hmm. upside down and you saw those bluebills, they just, zipped on by because they're like dude that's not that's not supposed to be right you know <laughs> suspicious yeah exactly it's suspicious right <clears throat> and, or they flare really easy you know they come and come in um which is not completely abnormal sometimes they, they'll kind of come in like they're going to land and they kind of flare off they'll circle around 
and they'll come right back in. And you kind of saw a little bit about, you know, with that, and that's where the calling comes in, the correct call, not over calling, you know? So again, there's kind of a science to it. Um, and just being out there more like anything else, you know, being out there watching them during the off season, figuring out, you know, what they want to hear, um, how they're communicating. Are they feeding? Are they just calling? Are they like, Hey, yo, you know, we're over here. The food's great. You know, that, that all plays in, which is again, that fun factor, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're not calling it. I mean, you can, you can, you know, rattle bag or a grunt to whatever, but this I think is way more interactive in my opinion. Um, and to your point, you know, you can, you can kind of move around a little bit, you know, and you can talk and, um, but just knowing when, when to get down in that blind and take cover and call, and then when to, you know, call that shot, you know, getting up and getting out of there. I think the other thing that is really fun is, um, having to kind of be on point, right? Like as soon as you come up and, and you've shouldered that shotgun, it, it's, you know, a, quick, right? You, you don't have a mm-hmm. lot of time to go, oh, well, here it is, or, you know, whatever, and, and knowing how to lead them, you know, how much to lead them, all, yeah. all of that. And, and you're trying to kind of make that decision in a very short amount of time. Yeah, that was one thing that really got me. It was like, uh, you because you're, you're not only trying to lead them by the correct amount based on the speed of the projectile you're shooting, but you're also trying to take an account for the wind right if you've got the wind if they're landing right at you in the wind i mean you could pretty much just put a beat on them and shoot them you'll be the, no problems right and right. i was the, the most of the shots that we landed were ones that were straight out in front of us you know whenever you get across like say you having to lead them the right amount you gotta if the wind's blowing real hard at an angle or something like that it's gonna affect the trajectory of your your uh projectile and everything so there's a lot that goes into that math you know if they're, and if they're right behind you and flying away it's going to be the same kind of thing you got to really think about okay and now i'm shooting into the wind you know how does that affect this that and the other and also trying not to shoot in each other's lane that was a big thing i was like <laughs> yeah. there's a couple times i'm like Whoa. i'm like well nope <laughs> i was like almost crossing right over you know like, yeah. pull myself back you know because i'm like you, you get into that moment and you're like you're trying to follow this thing and then i was like okay i got a point where oh stop all right you gotta pull back you know yeah and that's i mean it, that's like I, I mean, I guess it's a dangerous spot, I, I, I suppose. I mean, lock on wood, I, I've never been in one of those situations where, thank God, nothing you know bad has happened. But I can 100% see if that person to your right or left is not paying attention, it could happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, case in point, you know, when that when that one pintail that I took a shot at missed and, and I was leading it to my left, which is where you were. And I saw, I saw your face sitting there and I thought, Oh, well, you know, this, I can't take another, I can't take another shot, but who knows if, if that was something that's never been might've, you know, just squeezed one off just for shits and giggles to see if he could bag it. But you know, mm-hmm. there was no way at that point, one, I saw you two, as fast as he was moving, there's no way that I could have probably hit it. I don't, I don't know that I could have let it fast enough to, yeah. to take a shot off. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've heard, you know, horror stories from some of those guides that it just goes sour and, and that's sad, you know, but yeah, I thought it was funny. Our guide, uh, Mike, which, uh, do you want to shout out? Uh, I didn't know the name of his outfit or there anything there. Uh, the Louisiana, uh, the Louisiana marsh guides is who it was. And uh okay. great dude. I thought, I thought Mike did a really good job. Um, it was kind of funny is that we were kind of laughing about his height, you know, um, <laughs> Because I am not, I am not a tall dude at five eight, maybe on a really windy day, and uh, and he was probably what just about my shoulder, and so, you know, you, we, had, we were sitting down in chairs, and he was like an eye level, with eye us. level. <laughs> but but it worked out perfectly because whenever he's you know trying to pull the cover over us, you know, and trying to call out of the other hand that looked funny i'm, I'm gonna that's gonna be caught on camera now but he's oh, trying yeah. to blow blow his call one hand and put the cover over so he's like the perfect height to be in there we're all hunched down like this <laughs> right. and, and he's just like like right over the top of his head it was perfect man <laughs> yeah but yeah. that was if anybody has a chance to go to louisiana that guy was awesome and and even the lodging they had i thought was great uh delarue i think is how you pronounce it um De- the Delacroix. Delacroix. I don't know how I don't know. It's, yeah, whatever that French is, but um, but that place was was amazing. It's reasonably priced. It's literally 
right there. I mean, you, yeah. you can sleep into five minutes before it's launch time and, and have plenty of time to get out there. Um, so both, I thought both of those places were, were awesome. Uh, yeah, there's no food out there. Yeah, exactly. Before you go. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Like, say so you stay in the lodge there, and like literally, we get up and we're like, I guess we're supposed to meet this guy over here, and we literally walk across this little two lane road, and there's the boat dock right there. I mean, we're like ready for him, and here comes Mike and his boat, and he's all like, "Hey, y'all ready to go?" <laughs> it was just <laughs> so convenient, you know. And and uh, cool place to hunt is down in Bernard, Louisiana, is where the, the name of the place there. Uh, yeah. He has several hundred acres of uh, you know different uh, flats and uh marsh i guess you call it out there to hunt through and uh so like i said i know you've been a lot more different places we can uh talk about corsicana and winnie and texas here uh and uh you're going to kansas uh next week is that right or later this later uh no january january, january. Okay. yeah uh next week or i'm sorry two weeks uh i'm doing corsicana again um and that's it anybody that is looking for a place and i guess you'd call it central north texas i suppose it's like south of dallas south of dallas yeah it's like um from from where i'm at it's about two and a half so it's Mm. east of waco for anybody that's looking Uh, 45 yeah and it's it's a another great outfitter as well um i've always had really good really good luck there and and they're they're dialed in uh ricky charlton is, is the guy's name and um and it's Lone Star Lone Star Foul Boys uh, is the outfitter and good dude, great guides, um, and it's a DU wetland, and so you're gonna get ducks there um, for sure. Uh, I've never again been lucky; have never not went and limited out on whatever I was looking for, and so. Now I'm at a point where it, it's like trophy duck hunting, you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> whatever it comes across, but you know, my goal was to, you know, get a couple of pintails was out out there and got one that's fine. Um, but I still gotta, still gotta get a couple of canvas backs and some sea ducks, but, uh, they all are great eating. So it's, it's fun no matter what, but, um, that's awesome. I thought it was, uh, kind of cool too. It's like, it, so the you'll see in the video whenever I release it here uh, pretty soon. Um, just uploaded. I just got to do the checks and everything through YouTube, and then we'll be posting it pretty soon. But it was funny in the video because, like I say, like we just got enough light to see by. I'm I'm kind of scanning over there just to getting some B-roll footage for the video, and I'm looking out there with my camera, and I was like, "Well, that decoy is sure moving a whole lot, man." And I, I got a little closer look at it. I'm like, "There's a duck there, you know," and uh, Mike's like, "What?" No, I don't see anything. And he, he he just talked about these uh, guys that have come out there and uh, shot up, like lost like what twelve or fifteen decoys. decoys yeah, <laughs> I know he said he's gonna start filling them with with foam so they don't they don't, they don't uh, sink on them. Yeah, so uh, I was laughing. I was like, "Shit, I don't want to shoot Mike's decoy." Okay, that's the last thing I want to do here. Uh, and so I, I was like, "Double check, I double check." I'm like, "No, not that that thing definitely moved." I saw it shake its head. You know, I was like, "There's something there." And then Dean was checking it out, and he's like, "Sure enough, yeah, there's something." So I was like, "I couldn't tell what it was. Barely enough light outside." And so he's like, "Yeah, just shoot it." I was like, "All right." So I waited till it got out behind from uh, from behind uh, Mike's decoys there, blasted it. Sure enough, his little teal just laying there, man. Or, yeah. And, and again, it goes back. No, nobody saw it come in. I mean, it was just, yeah. it's just poof. It's there. It's the craziest. Yeah, I, just, I saw it saw a flap of a wing, and then I see it see a head shake. I'm like. Like crap, there's something right there, yeah. you know. It's just you're not and paying attention. Winked and nod too. He was like, "Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. You keep on doing that." Like, yeah. yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, going back, I was telling you about like the stories and everything that you know uh, you talk about there. I was I was loving to hear some of, some of Mike's stories about the clients that he'd taken out and some of the funny craps. Like one guy came out there with a uh, pistol grip. Uh, home security shotgun is trying to hunt ducks with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pistol grip shotgun it's like you know hey i guess you're there you're you're in the outdoors it's a good thing you know but uh what well, is uh the guy got came back and he had a bruise on his eye mike says and uh he's like well, what happened man he goes uh his wife got mad at him for uh killing baby ducks because he was she shot in the teal <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think he was the same one that wanted to come out with, uh, wasn't it an AR or something like that to shoot? Or AK-47. Uh, or something too. He's like, yeah, yeah, he wants to shoot Nutria with a Nutria. AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, you're hey, on the wrong game, man. You know, but hey, to your point, he's coming out, man. You know what? You got to start somewhere, and, and it is what it is. You know, yeah, I guess so you get cool. a good... You get a good guy like Mike to teach you the teach you the ropes, you know, and like I say, I was, like I would have I would have not known what the hell I was doing had I not had you there. And like I say, my uncle, and my cousins just kind of bounce stuff off of, and because I was all looking at, it, I was like, man, I need to go buy a twelve gauge shotgun and all this stuff, you know. And I started talking to my uncle, and he goes, man, he goes, honestly, he goes, eighty percent of the guys that we take out and the only guns we use, we use twenty and twenty eight gauge all the time. I'm like, really? He goes, that's all you need. He goes, unless you're going to be shooting like forty five you know yards with these things he's like there's no need for unless you've already got 12 gauge which is great because you can throw you know more rounds down line down uh, lane a lot faster you know he's like other than that you know it's like don't send a boy for a, to do a man's errand you know so but if you if you're just shooting within 35 yards or so 20 28 gauge you're good and it's easier on your shoulder right i mean yeah. you know, you, it's like you're doing upland bird hunting or pheasant hunting you know there's no yeah. point uh i think it's uh I mean, I have one only because I, I, I won it in a, in a raffler. I would have never, I would have never, nice. you know, bought a Benelli, you know, these yeah. my 870, I've had it. it as my first shotgun and dude, it's like the Glock, man. Like it, I've never cleaned it. I might've sprayed some lubricant in it once, you know, but dude, it's just, it goes bang every time and you can just beat the shit out of that thing and it just keeps going. And so, you know, it, but it's like anything else, right? Like, you know, when we talk about archery and, oh, you got to get like the biggest, baddest, you know, new bow and, and best. Arrow. Well, you know, they all sling an arrow and, and, you know, people are hammering deer, you know, with with, you know, 50 pound draws and, you know, whatever. And so uh, it's it's a matter of knowing their gun, knowing how to lead, you know, and. You know, it is what it is. It's it's what elk shape says. It's do, it's doing more more of this. It's the same thing. You know, if you're shooting, shoot some skeet. Know know what loads you need, and it's all day long. You know, nice. um, well, Black Hills Outdoors commentary said he shoots a 20 gauge. That's a shotgun. I don't know what semi is. Semi auto, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are you know, and I think now that I have that Benelli and being older. I have to, I have to admit that that is really nice on, on a, on a shoulder <laughs> for sure. You know? Um, but even, you know, all, you know, knowing your chokes, I think another big thing, like anything else, again, any, anything you're going to do, you know, archery rifle doesn't matter is knowing your ballistics and, and how, what is your gun? Like, you know, my yeah. Remington, it will eat anything. Like it, it, it has no, it's like, it has no preference for the Benelli. <laughs> has a preference, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's important, you know, to go out and pattern your shotgun and, and know, know which one it likes the best, what choke is going to work with it the best, and then stop tinkering, you know, just, just <laughs> roll with that and know, yeah, just know that it's going to do what you want it to do in your hands and call it a day. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I, I've kind of looked at some of those, you know, extenders or you know, choke extenders and, and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to, well, I, for, I'm never going to sky blast anyway, but I don't know that it's going to give me too much of an advantage, maybe a little bit if they're 50, 60 yards out, you know, and you see a lot of guys that will use those, those extenders. And I, I, I do understand why they do it. I just don't know in, my hands if it if it is that valuable or it's going to give me that much more is, it, is there really is it going to put an edge on there it's not that couldn't else or something right. else right. You know, so. yeah. and maybe yeah. it does maybe i just need to play with it and and find it find the right one and 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 maybe it would um but again my setup right now i i kill ducks and i'm fine so there's really not a reason for me to start doing like archery and going down that road and, and then forget <laughs> <laughs> which one do I really want to take this time, you know? <laughs> I think with archery, it's almost like you're intentionally handicapping yourself to kind of level the yeah. playing field a little bit, you know? So it's like, 
it's like it's kind of funny when it's like you have to as an archer you have to kind of like know the irony and the fact that you're like severely handicapping yourself versus using a rifle and then you go through and you you tinker to get every little ounce of like everything i can out of that you know arrow or that bow set up you know and yeah. it's kind of funny but it, it, it's it's so true but yeah it's but the this is probably one of my new favorite ways of hunting you know is duck, duck hunting it was it, it was just cool all in all it was just a great experience man yeah well i'm, I'm just i'm just happy that that you, one you enjoyed yourself too that you got to go but you know anytime that we get together or you and i and chris get together and go do something man it's i think we were talking about that on the way down like you never you never hear or talk to somebody about a hunting trip where it's just like yeah you know was yeah it was a hunting trip like there's always it's like some great story or or funny something that happens you know like in every trip i've been on it's either an adventure you know, like our last our elk hunting trip where we lost everybody and kind of figured out why we lost everybody um you know that was at the time a bummer but it's a cool experience and a great story you know and yeah. so yeah that's that's the one of the funnest things about just doing shit with your buddies and and you know besides the hunt itself is to your to your point the camaraderie and the stories you gain and um on those trips yeah that's pretty awesome so next thing on dean's bucket list buying a boat <laughs> buying a boat yeah. yeah bust out another thousand yeah drape it out and everything you know yeah that'd be great the yeah. um but I will take uh, time with this. We're talking about outfitters. Uh, Wade Skeen uh, was was supposed to be on with us today, and unfortunately, he felt ill, so he's he's recovering at home. But that's where I'm going in January is Skeen Outfitters in Kansas, and that's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to Kansas on a hunt, and so it's a pheasant, duck, and goose hunt, and uh, it's going to be a blast. I've, I've heard some great things about Kansas in general uh and some even better things uh about about skiing outdoors and so um if y'all have a chance wade's just a, he's just a good dude i like i said I haven't, I haven't met him yet um but um have had some conversations with him on the phone um and you know just everything he has to offer out there is going to be fun um he does of course dog training as well and so i'm <laughs> i've got a black lab that uh I've been working with and, and he's been giving me some pretty, pretty good tips. So if you're a, a self trainer, so to speak, um, he's got some good insight for people. So, you know, if you get a chance, man, check out his, check out his website. And, and, uh, if you have a better, even more time man, go, uh, go book a hunt with them and, and check it out. I'll have, uh, I'll have some, some good information after I get back in January, but it's a, a three day, three day hunt. And, and, uh, I'm just, I couldn't be more excited about it. So yeah, more to come. check them out to skiingoutfitters.com. That's a uh, Wade skiing. So yeah, that's cool, man. And uh, uh, like I say, it's definitely something I have to get into. Like I said, I'm, one of the things, whenever I started this channel is, you know, I was like, okay, I, I've, I've done, I've done, very, I have a very limited experience in hunting, but I've been doing it for a long time. It was pretty much just hunting just a little tiny crackhead whitetail here in south texas around like yokum or in central texas and stuff like that and so uh you know back in 2015 whenever my granddad passed he was kind of the one that introduced me into hunting you know and my dad had taken hunting hunting a couple times with my uncle and stuff like that but it was kind of like a one-off thing like you know like maybe once or twice in my entire life uh and then like so i was like all right you know whenever my granddad passed you know i was like you know i, I found out that he was really into waterfowl hunting he grew up in uh in arkansas uh doing a bunch of waterfowl hunting out there actually made it his or my whole family on that side made it into a book somebody wrote this huge like book it was like a bible about like waterfowl hunting and like you know uh the uh east and arkansas and tennessee and all that stuff and they they're talking about them in there but i was like you know it's something i want to get into and eventually and i see it was i didn't want to just dive in head first by myself so i was like you know whenever you said hey let's go do it i was i was like oh yeah all about it man was full steam ahead you know it was cool I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Anytime. Like we'll, we'll, we'll get some more, um, for sure. And the next one we got to go to is, is down to Winnie. I think, uh, one, it's close, obviously closer. Uh, and that's a great, 
uh, outfitter down there too. Those guys are awesome. Uh, so again, if you're you know around Texas and looking for a good place to go, I've never been down to the coast. I've heard the coast is supposed to be really good as well, um, but I've, I've not been been down there yet. I need to I need to I need to book a trip and go check that out too. But um, I'd like to like to get up in the Panhandle and do some Sandhill Crane. Also, um, it's the the two uh, for Black Hills. And um, the, the panhandle and, and do some sandhill crane as well. I think that and, and some geese. I think that'd be a lot of fun too. That's just a yeah. long drive. It's a long, long ass travel. <laughs> that's a, that's a commitment for sure, man. But uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've been I've been I, like I said once I started, uh, you know, kind of in this like path of reaching out, branching out, doing more different kinds of hunts. That was one of the things that's like top of my list is getting a ribeye out of the sky, man. Like I say, that was. Uh, uh, I think the first time I saw anybody hunting them was uh, uh, meat meat eater. Uh, mm. Steve Renella. Really? Steve Renella did it, you know, and I was like, oh, dude, that looks amazing. And that was one of the things I loved about his show is that he shoots it. And then, you know, he's kind of a chef, too. So then after he shoots it, he prepares it and cooks it up as well, you know, and you get to see that. And it's just beautiful, beautiful red meat. And Yeah, was, I'm, I'm excited about that one. Did you try yours yet? Speaking of. Yeah. No, not yet. So I brushed them all out, uh, except for the teal, uh, and the teal I left to skin on. And I basically I just got a hole. I don't know what you say. Like basically just uh, plucked it out and uh, gutted it out and everything, and the rest of it, left the rest on it. I'm One problem I'm having with that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a little tiny corner <laughs> shin, exactly. Uh, but like I say, the only problem I'm, I'm having with that is everybody's telling me, like, yeah, leave the skin on it. But like the skin is real loose on there, and I'm worried if I try to like breast it out and keep the skin on there, that's gonna separate, and I don't know how mm-hmm. to keep it on there. So I might just try to cook it whole and see how that goes. I'm not sure yet. But that's that's one thing. I need to look up recipes about it. Maybe go to the meat eater website for the recipes because last thing I want to do after all that is screw it up. So, or you could try uh, smoking it. Oh yeah, try smoking it. I need to get yeah. a smoker for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> step step one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it, I think a duck is good. I think I think. Fortunately enough, my wife is the one that prepares all that, and 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 I think that usually when people say they don't like it, um, my first my first question to them is, did you overcook it? You know, because yeah. you know it's supposed to be kind of a medium rareish. Uh, and so I think, I think that's, that's probably the bigger part of it, you know, just like any red meat, it's like, you got to cook all kind of red meat generally the same, right? More, if it's in much more than medium rare, then it's pretty much overdone. Um, I think a good steak is the same way. If you cook it any more than medium rare, yeah. you just, you, you kind of ruined it, you know? And, uh, like I said, the first, I was telling my uncle about this. He actually called me last night. He saw some of the, uh, stuff I'd posted on Instagram and he was laughing at me for missing my shots, you know, and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but he was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, man, he's like, you got to keep it medium rare. He's like, it's just like a steak. You cook it too long. It's going to taste like rubber. And I was telling him the first time I ever had duck, it was in, uh, my granddad, uh, threw together a turducken and he baked mm. it. And so it's like, you know, worst possible way to try out duck that exists. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know, but you have to try it, you know, I, mean, yeah. you know, like, you know, I think there's some really good sauces, you know, that are out there um, it, that you can, that you can use that helps a lot. Uh, yeah. I've had duck one other time and it was um, in Salt Lake city. I was out there for work and um, at the little America hotel, there is a steakhouse. I can't remember the name of it, but I had the duck there. It was like $40 for this duck. But oh my God, it was like melted in your mouth. Perfect. And that was, I was like, that was where the light bulb clicked before anybody really told me, oh yeah, keep it medium rares. This thing was cooked to a point where it was just past the bleeding point. Right, right. <laughs> but, it was, but it was so tender and had such a great flavor. And like you said, I think it had uh, a little bit of a reduction sauce or something like that, that it was cooked with. And it was just, mm, I mean, it was perfect, man. Was it the white horse? No, but okay. now you got my, I, I'm going to, I'm going to. At the Google it. So yeah, if anybody is going to Utah, um, White Horse has got one of the best duck uh, that I that I've had, and it's just it's a 
it looks like a dive bar and it and it literally is is um it's it's downtown i can't remember the the street that it's on very close to state street if you're near state street um and 600 you can walk it um but it's it's across the street from a hotel that's why i was asking if that's what it was um but it's it's literally tavern and kitchen is what it says you need reservations yeah. to get in but that is every waiter that walked by i asked him what's the best thing on the menu and they said the duck you got to get the duck and so that was it yeah so let's see da, 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 da. what's the name of it here da, da, da. well I guess they just call it Little America. I did have like a name on it. It was like something, something steakhouse, but I guess they just. Little America yeah. Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Shit. I, I wouldn't know what I know, but yeah, this, this is the place here. And uh, yeah, I remember a night, a great ambience. It was like real dark and candlelit and then romantic for myself to eat. For yourself. At, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I, hey, I, I romanced the shit out of myself. I had a beautiful beer. Had a nice, perfectly cooked duck breast. It was fabulous. Nice jacket on, white shirt. Oh, yeah. Breast. Oh, yeah. oh, no, I was wearing scrubs. So. Funny. Yeah. Scrubs, Funny. scrubs, and a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a, uh, just like a ski jacket. Yeah. yeah Good times. A, that's a great city. Uh, Salt Lake is a great city. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of places that I would uh, leave Texas for. But that might be one of them because yeah. you can, I mean, there's just, when it comes to the outdoors, it's, it's second to very few, except for maybe like Bozeman, Montana, which is where yeah. like all the companies have their headquarters, like Onyx and, you know, a lot of yeah. these different other companies have their headquarters is up in Bozeman. Or South, uh, North, Northwest Idaho-ish area would be another, another spot too, I think. But yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. It's, it, there is so much to do there and it and the the climate is great um so i i agree i i they 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 also have um some duck hunting out there uh near salt lake lake and um i think at one point i'd like to go out there and, and just see kind of what they have to offer too I, i've never been out never even talked to anybody that's been been there um but i'd like to go try it out i think the other place, if anybody has a, you know, inkling to get out and about and, and do some hunting, is in North Dakota. There's um, Rolling Plains Outfitters is another one that is unbelievably cool. Their story, the Dorn, Dorn family, um, the history behind the outfitter uh, in that service is is just cool. It's I think they're on their seventh generation, and. Um, like every their, their brothers and sister all have a part you know in the outfitter and and they're just dialed in their guides are great um but they not only is the, is the hunting great i guess what i'm getting at is the whole experience um is is just cool i mean yeah. the cabins are cool the people are great the food is unbelievable um you're not going to get a bad meal like every meal is just amazing uh and so you kind of have an opportunity uh, when you go, if you're not going to take anything home with you, um, which all I brought was a, a, a speckle belly and a pheasant home, the rest uh, we just donated or not donated, but they cooked it for you that night. So you That's went cool. out and hunted and then you brought it back and their chef prepared it for you. So you could kind of taste out their different recipes and, and how they, how they prepared it was, was really cool. That's nice. Yeah. It's uh that's one of the things I wanted to do is that to learn how to cook and, and, and process or process and cook all this, uh, you know, wild game that I've got, man. Cause it's, uh, you know, I, like I said, having four kids, one of them, which keeps kind of trying to come over here and talk me something, but, uh, having four kids, you know, it's like, I don't get all to spend a whole lot of money on the hunting stuff. And so it's like, whatever money I get to do that with is usually buying some piece of gear and then teaching myself how to use it. So it's like, whenever it comes to like cleaning animals and processing stuff, it's like I'm figuring that shit out myself. I don't have money to just go drop it off to somebody. Oh yeah, here's 300 bucks to process this 70 yeah. pound deer. You know? Yeah. It's like no, I'm going in there myself with a knife. I was like, well, even if I mess it up, I'll find out how to do this the right way. You know. Well, there's so much content out there to figure it out too. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. Um, it's I think once you 
well, duck is easy. I mean, it is what it yeah. is. It's it's super simple. I will tell you that <laughs> I did a a partridge hunt every year to Maine, um, up to Portage, Portage, Maine, and do partridge. And I'd never heard of a partridge outside of it being in a pear tree. And so <laughs> I thought, man, this is be kind of cool, just a, a new yeah. experience. And and I loved it. And and so, like I said, I go every year in, in October. But they're they're basically kind of like a, a a quail i guess a bigger quail and and you you hunt on these log roads and so and it's also at the same time as opening uh, archery moose season um and so you see you know moose cruising around uh i only ran into like a couple moose hunters when i was there but the way you you breast them out I thought was fascinating. Uh, you you step on their wings and you and you grab their legs and you just stand up, and the breast is left on the ground, and then you cut the wings off and, and you're you're good to go. So I tried that on a duck and it does not work. So um, <laughs> found out so, the hard way. That's yeah, not so, the way so, to go. <laughs> so pro tip: like don't don't try to step on their wings and, and pull their legs because it it. They'll, they'll just peel them apart. It, it's the craziest thing. But uh, but anyway, processing duck is is so simple, you know, and, and you can do it the way you did it where you pluck the feathers out and keep it kind of like a Cornish hen or cut it open and just take the little, you know, the breast out and that's it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it depends on kind of what you want to do, you know, how, how, how difficult you want to make it. Those are kind of the cool things to learn from other hunters too, is how uh, these little processing tricks, like one thing, uh, growing up in rural Arkansas, one thing my grandfather did a lot was go squirrel hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a cool trick with squirrels too. Same thing where you can basically, I, I should, I can't remember how to do it. It's been so long since I've hunted squirrels since I was like literally about Lennox's age, who's over here trying to get my attention all day night. But uh, <laughs> uh, basically there's, you make a couple of cuts and then you literally just stand on their tail and just pull up with their legs and it like literally just completely skins them, oh. cut the head off and it's, it's ready to go. Just throw it in the pot. <laughs> I mean, I forgot wow. to throw it in the pot. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So like learning those little tips is really cool. And uh, I just want to shout out this guy here, right here, Black Hills Outdoors. Uh, he's checking out everything here. And like I said, thanks for watching the show and uh, guys, if you'll see it, go and check out his channel as well. and sub to him. So uh, thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I just love having these discussions with other hunters, and we say we usually do this quite a bit. Where we, Dean, my uh, big, my chatty Kathy buddy here, is always hitting up somebody. And he's just like, "Hey, let's go! I don't know, get like Cameron Haynes on here. Let's just go talk to him, <laughs> send him an email, you know, or whoever it is. You know, we've we've had uh, several people. Almost had Ryan Ryan Linger hands on here. We had uh, uh, Kevin from uh, Wilderness Athlete. We've had uh, shoot, Trail. Uh, Trail, Trail Kreitzer. Yep. Trail Kreitzer on here. We had uh, uh, Wilson and, uh, uh, oh God, what's her name from uh, Forlow? Uh, yeah. Taylor. Taylor. Wilson and Taylor from, yeah, Forlow. We had Kendall. That was an awesome one. Kendall Jones on the podcast. That was a great podcast. That was a great man. podcast. Yeah. That was really good. And uh, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get Lange back on here and, and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, now, now it's kind of tough, right? Because the season's going on, everybody's everybody's really busy, and and I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, having the uh, Redbeard on here, man. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a really cool, cool topic. And then, you know, we get uh, Dan Staten. You know, he responded yeah. said he'd, he'd come on too. So we'll get some stuff in the works, and you know, we just got to get them nailed down to a date and and uh, have some good conversation. 100% man and so yeah you'll hear that Dan State from Elk Shape eventually hopefully we'll get him on here uh, we just got to make sure that it's uh, right timing I and mean, it's hard with him doing it producing his own content going out and hunting and everything so we'll try to make that come out here pretty soon yeah um, so what else so, Dean what about uh, I was I actually was just going to ask you you know kind of looking back is there anything that you would would you know, kind of the gear you took on this first hunt, just for somebody that's, that's one, you're new, but any new duck hunt that may be listening right now that yeah. do you think you would have packed something different or changed something that what you brought in? So um, I guess it, from a perspective of a newbie, first of all, I think the most important thing was for me, um, for your first time, your first couple of times, I say, take what, you, what you've got. Uh, 
I have two shotguns right now. One was a really old antique Savage 410 bolt action. Yes, I said that bolt action 410 shotgun that was not recommended. Not recommended. No, <laughs> no, that's very hard. I mean, you get like two pellets to hit. I'm most, you know, so uh, uh, so I got, I've got that shotgun. And like every time I've, if I'm going try fast, like trying to shoot skeet, it is really fun for shooting skeet though, because you got to be really accurate. But uh every once in a while if i pull it back too fast the bolt comes out of my hand so it's fun uh but the other shotgun i've got is this 20 gauge that i took you'll see in the videos here uh this 20 gauge i brought with me it was a uh mossberg maverick 88 that i literally bought with a box of clays a thrower and three boxes of shells from a buddy of mine for a 100 bucks <laughs> and so the mossberg maverick 88 um is actually like it's an amazing shotgun. So it's basically a, a Mossberg 500 that's uh, made in Eagle Pass, Texas, down by the border. Um, but what was really interesting was uh, Warrior Poet Society. I think that the YouTube channel just did a um, uh, they did a, a torture test. Or I think they run like 750 or like a thousand rounds through it continuously to try to see what they could break on it. And the thing withheld every one of them some of the even some of these real fancy italian shotguns couldn't hold up to that and this you know i think brand new it costs like 250 bucks brand new this thing cost 250 bucks stood up to their torture chest so it's it's a workhorse for sure um i think having a semi-auto would have been a lot better uh but i was actually able to handle the pump really well and it became to the point really quickly and you know, i've shot skeet with it quite a bit but i got to the point really quick where I, I wasn't even thinking about the pumping it was like as soon as that I felt the recoil of that shot go off into my shoulder. I was already coming back with the slide to load another round in there. You know, just uh, the only thing I wish I could have done was, uh, you know, regulations allowed me to at least have four shells in there, you know, <laughs> maybe five. But, yeah, being able to limit it down to three shells, I had to buy um, – actually, I, I bought a uh, – what do you call that? The thing that limits the shells. It's a plug. Uh, a plug. plug. There you go. Yeah. yeah, so I bought a – plug for it but the plug didn't fit and so what i ended up having to do is just cut down or i got a piece of a broken uh arrow and i cut it down a little bit and that broken uh, carbon arrow shaft actually fit perfectly in there as a plug that limited i can only have two in the tube and one in the chamber so uh, but that was good uh using the camo that i already had like i didn't have to go out and buy a whole another set of camo i probably could have blended into like, all the reeds and the grass and the bamboo a little bit better with a new camo system but what i had worked perfectly fine it was just the uh, Cabela's Instinct, uh, you know, the two, True Timber VSX camo on there worked out great. The biggest, most important thing was keeping my ass warm because it was cold out there. It was, what, 40, 42 degrees outside and with a 35-mile-an-hour wind. And so that boat it was, ride it was, was cold. Oh, it was cold. It was yeah. brutally cold. Yeah, that boat yeah. ride was cold. Yeah, so yeah, I think uh, bring, bring what you've got. That would be as a beginner first. If you're first time out there, bring what you've got make it work, borrow a shotgun from somebody, you know, whatever you got to do, just get out there and try it out. You'll love it. Yeah, I did a, uh, I, I need to do another one on my, uh, my channel about, it's just called, so you think you want to hunt. And that was one of the things that on number, when I do my next one is going to be, you know, really on camo. And I think, you know, I think all of it works, you know, I mean, I really do. Like I, I just, I, I just do. I think you, you blend in, uh, I wouldn't wear, you know, um, in, in reeds, I wouldn't wear, you know, a big white snow camo. Right. But, um, you know, anything that's got some dark shades to it that you can kind of blend in is, I think is, is totally fine. Uh, and even if you want to invest in anything to your point, I would take what you have and just buy a soft shell and throw it over the top. It, you know, I mean, who cares, you know, what's, what you're running underneath it. Um, it, point being is I had a, my black hoodie on, uh, and I said, of course, my Sitka vest, and and that was that was plenty um, to kind of conceal, you know, conceal myself in, in that in that blind. So, you know, know know where you're hunting. I mean, if you're out in the open, obviously, you know, layout blind or something like that, you don't want to, you know, again, you kind of want to be, you know, blended into your surroundings. But for the most part. You know, just to your point, just kind of take what you have and don't go crazy, which I do want to give a shout out, though, uh, to uh, Boss Shotgun Shells. If if nobody's ever heard of them or is unfamiliar with them, I'm telling you, those things are hammers, man. And and you can use the shorty number fives for 
damn near everything that you want to hunt. Um, they do have three inch, they do have, um, seven load or two load, three load. I mean, they have all that stuff, but you get the two and three quarter shorty number fives and, uh, it's, it's their hammers. Um, so go check them out. It's a uh, boss shotgun shells. They're, they're really good. Yeah. That's funny. It's just, uh, Black Hills Outdoors watching here. He, he uh, said I should 3D print a plug. And I was like, yeah, that's for sure. It's funny because I, I 3D printed a uh, a mount for my GoPro Max to mount on my shotgun. And I got some pretty good uh, views from it for a second before the thing actually busted. I, I thought I, I thought I had actually hit it when I was drawing my gun, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was going back and I watched the video. And sure enough, I got, I got one shot off rack the pump and then i fired another shot and then it went flying behind me after that second oh really (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i need to re actually i already reprinted it i think i already took him downstairs but basically i reprinted it in a flexible material so that way it'll act as a little bit of a shock absorber and it won't break on that that hard impact of the uh the gun going off so yeah that's that's pretty funny i I should do that for sure i Uh, I think I think next time we go, uh, I, I'm, I'm really thinking hard about that Insta 360. And I, I think with with your footage and then if I take that, I think that would be some really cool, some really cool content to, to mash together and, and get some 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 badass footage. Yeah. So uh, something I'll do, like I said, just for anybody that's trying to get into doing the YouTube thing for hunting, I highly encourage it. I mean, it's. I think in some gears, like the, the bad thing about it is you end up spending a shitload of money on gear and stuff like that. But if you're going to start doing your own YouTube channel, stuff like that, get yourself one of the, like either an Insta 360 or a GoPro Max or something like that. You can even buy and use, but it's amazing how uh, it's just really cool. The stuff that you can get from that. Actually, I want to see if I can do this, if this will work. My computer is pretty space age, so hopefully it'll handle it. But let's see. I'm going to show just some and of the think- Well, and and I think what's really cool about it and, and, and and I, I have never done it uh, until, you know, we kind of started hunting together, but not only is the footage cool, but I think what I've been learning since we've been going out uh, and, and, and rewatching some of the the stuff that you've put up is it, it's, it's actually a good learning tool. You know, I mean, you, you know, you know, shit, I didn't, I didn't lead it far enough or like in duck hunting specifically, like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't lead it far enough or, you know, I, I wasn't blended in like it, you know, maybe I should have been a little crouched down or whatever. I mean, it just, it, I think it's, you know, being able to go back and look at even your decoy spread and, and maybe you can figure out why, why did they flare? Um, mm-hmm. And then archery, you just being able to reach, you know, rewind that footage and, you know, seeing the impact on the deer or non-impact on the deer, like what, what went wrong. So much data. Yeah. It's like, you can go back, like you said, and look at just about everything here. And so I don't know if everybody can hear this. Can you hear that? No. This, you can see this live. Like I can take this back and I can post roll edit this any way I want to. I can zoom in on something specific. And so I'm capturing everything all on one here. And it was really helpful for this because there's so much going on in these duck hunts that like, I mean, I can sit there and watch what I'm doing here and I can export the video again. I can see what you're doing here. I can watch Mike over there. You know, I, I can literally go in and anywhere and look at all this stuff. And so this was really cool to be able to see it in, in this aspect, you know? Mm-hmm. And is, is the editing software you have, is it, fairly yeah. user friendly yeah it is so like to say just real quick i'll just show you so like i've got this i can uh you know play it and pause it and all that i can do uh spherical photos which are really cool if you can view those online where you can kind of like pan with your phone or hold your phone up and look around and see everything and i can also do this right here where i can basically edit it so i've got all these little dots are there like basically little frames on a timeline where i said okay at this time i want you to be right here and so i just by moving the camera around you know i can make this thing go anywhere i want it to and then whenever you play it and you're watching that video back see now it cuts and it pans Mm. automatically to that location and so this has been just like an amazing tool for doing all this video editing and getting all that going that needs to be 
uh, one of your uh, your uh, videos that you put up is an editing video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I want to do one about different gear and trying to how to fill your own hunts and stuff like that. And then I want mm-hmm. to do another one about, you know, specifically using this because I think this is using a 360 camera for hunting is one of the most valuable things because the, the biggest pain in the ass about filming your own hunts is trying to capture everything. So you see most of the time that camera in the corner just stood there in the corner and wow. I just used it for B-roll footage because I couldn't keep up with that and a good shotgun and trying to get everything. But with this, I could record everything and like say now you're looking up at the ducks here and that's a gadwall flying up real high over us and, and i could see all that in, in post and not have to worry about it in mm-hmm. person i didn't even know where those ducks were <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't know. So, so if i go back like you can see right back where they're like right overhead here yep. go back and look at me i'm like looking over here i'm like where the hell are they you know <laughs> you're like uh, over there. yeah you see it you kind of you're looking over here <laughs> above us here and Mike's got his eye locked on him. He's like, "Yeah, you know, oh, there they are. They're locking up. They're, <laughs> They're locking, up. <laughs> locking up. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, man, yeah, just just a really cool tool. So I say, uh, get it, get that if you want to, guys. Is it's and if Insta three sixty GoPro Max something, some kind of three sixty camera because they're just invaluable for filming your own hunts. Yeah. Well, it, as I was researching the 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 three sixty, they have one that's a a, a go. It's called a go to, I think is what it is. And it's it like looks freaking big. Yeah. But I don't think it's a, it's not a 360. It's just a, it's just an action cam, but it, I mean, it's so small. You just, again, you put it on your head or it's got a magnet you put on your chest, you know, whatever, but it being so tiny. And then the case that you carry it in is also remote control and the charger all in one. So, that's I cool. mean, that's, that's really cool, but it, I think it, it gets like two hours, I think, uh, max with, yeah. you know, uh, which is, you know, plenty, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know. And, and the GoPro max, uh, I think I've been able to record for about two, two and a half hours. It's got a pretty decent battery mm-hmm. on it. Um, another thing that's really cool about it is, you know, just 360 audio as well. Um, mm-hmm. and so it basically records everything in the 360, 360 degree field. So you can get directional audio when you edit your clips too. So if I make the camera look over here at Mike, that's standing to my right, you know, it's going to, the audio is going to kind of zoom into him and stuff like that. So it's, it's super helpful because that's the hardest part of doing this is trying not to be distracted by my camera gear and still get the good shots, you know, and this thing has just been an absolute lifesaver when it comes to that. So, yeah. Yeah, and that that one clip you had that was up that shorty uh, that the um, the audio picks up a, a nice little f bomb after a missed shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Like that's the funny that's the funny stuff that like happens, right? It's like, like real. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. fun to rewind it and laugh at yourself for that kind of shit. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. There there was a lot of. Uh well-placed f-bombs <laughs> you know what <laughs> I, I do it real i left it in there man just for you, you know. it is uh, it's the best and and now and now i know that maybe maybe rebars are are my new go-to um which is a healthier good luck uh snack than uh those coffee cakes but yeah <laughs> I, i'm not giving up on the coffee cake that that's that that's just too good to have a half of one of those in the morning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the story behind that was is that as soon as we pulled up our you know, pulled up his rebar, I was eating some kind of Kellogg's shit I picked up at the gas station. As soon as we pulled out those snack bars, the, the duck started flying in right immediately. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's everybody's got their thing, but you know maybe maybe it's maybe it's the combination. You know we we both have to have rebar next time we go. If we don't do anything, then we know it's that combination of the snacks. <laughs> so, so here's a good here's a good shot this is the point at which my uh original gopro mount broke here so again i had it mounted about to the end of the shotgun here you can see it's like literally about like right on the end of the uh the tube there and so i basically i was coming in here and the, you can see the gopro go flying <laughs> <laughs> So in the in the video, I watched it from two different angles. Here's the other angle here. Boop boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, good stuff, and, uh, man. It took, it took me a good like two or three minutes to find it. I was like, what the, what the hell? You know, the way I actually found it. See the it red light blinking. <laughs> yeah, I actually got my phone out and uh, I, I did like, I wanted, I took the look for it from the where the GoPro was looking. And I was like, okay, it's behind a chair. I was like, look behind your chair. <laughs> behind your chair. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> You gotta you gotta edit out all the bad shots. You need to make sure they're all they're all hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> only only good shots, man. Yeah, only the good nah, shots. No, man. I, I like doing it real. You know, it's like I, I don't want to act like I'm some kind of perfect person because, like I said, this is my first time ever duck hunting, and I'm just I was just along for the ride, man. But I had a blast, yeah. absolute blast doing this. So. And it, 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 it's the other thing too. I'm 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 <laughs> well, I was going to say the, the 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 funniest thing about it too is that you know people that never duck hunt, you see, you know, twelve ducks or ten ducks come in, and you just start blasting away without picking out one. You will miss every single one of them. And oh, yeah. so, you know, if that happens or the new guy that's out there, make sure you once you pop up and you're going to take that shot, you pick one and you go after that one. Don't just start firing away because you won't yeah, even hit, with them. You won't hit one. Up, you know? Yeah, you oh, won't man. hit one of them. Oh, I, Not one. I, I wish I had a, uh, if if you go look at my uh, I actually made a meme about this. It was pretty funny, but there is a freaking duck. I got this on video. I didn't see it in person. But there was this duck that literally did this. It was like flying, and it took like, it, like I mean, it was like looked like like there was a glitch in the matrix, and the, like the duck went out through a portal, and it just like literally ninety degree turn and went the other direction. So if you're trying to spray this, I mean, they can like almost dodge your bullets. You know, you've got to definitely be sticking to one guy. And you yeah. try to shoot between them, you're gonna miss them all. <laughs> it's like they they've discovered body armor or some shit too, man. Like. <laughs> I was I was down in Winnie one year and it was one of the funnest hunts I had. I was hunting with some guys from from uh, South Carolina, it was North Carolina, and a good group of dudes. And we were just we were crammed in this little like um, uh, uh, like a built-in blind. So the water's at your foot level, but you're but you're sunken, you know, kind of on this platform. And it was really cool. But we were like shoulder to shoulder. I mean, you couldn't fit one more you know, brownie in there, man. And so this one, it was teal season and one teal came in literally coupled right in front of us. Like you could not have asked for a better setup. Everybody, boom, 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 boom. I mean, we just unloaded on this dude and it went and it just took off and we just started cracking up. We're like, Oh my God. Like we literally saw the color of his eyes and not one person hit this stupid <laughs> little duck. <laughs> like, How does that happen? But it was like the matrix, man. He's like, well, wow, you know, missing every bead shit. Like it just it just took <laughs> off and we just scratched our head like that that literally just happened. <laughs> like Yeah, so, I mean it's so why you know. like say they like say they got body armor or something, man, because they just they figure it out and they yeah. just they're yeah, and if they don't want to be just, hit, they're not gonna be hit. They're not gonna be hit and they're fast as shit, you know. It, it's almost like you almost want to make an argument that they hear the 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 BB's coming and they just know how to like, you know. <laughs> miss them all you know, yeah. <laughs> you it's, know? Like, it's like bullet time or something like that like, <laughs> slow down right yeah. <laughs> and then they're gone and then they're just yeah. like Ow. they're, just they're like nope not today oh, satan <laughs> oh, whenever you miss that one too it's like all oh, it's like you know maybe if i bought a 10 gauge maybe i could just like you know throw like twice as many pills down right and i could <laughs> knock knock him and all of his friends out of the sky <laughs> right like you're probably gonna cast in a damn fishnet out there and like snag them man like, you know? <laughs> oh if only get one yeah. of those uh those guns that shoot the nets out to capture <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um Oh my God! Oh Lord, buddy, good stuff, man. Uh, so uh, anyway, yeah. So where, where where are we going next, man? What's your what's your next uh, your next adventure? You got anything coming oh, up uh, for the holidays? So nothing specific. Uh, I think over at some point in time, I'm gonna go back out to the Doss Ranch, try to finally drop a deer. I've, every time I've gotten out there, it's been the worst time. It's either the October lull, and I literally see nothing out there, freezing my butt off in the 30 degrees, the wind, and all that stuff to see, not a single deer. Or they're not in range, or I can't get them to stop because they're chasing does. And so I was like, you know, eventually I'm going to put down at least one. Probably just going to get it done. Go bring my thirty out six out there and go shoot, drop something thirty out six. 
Um, there's a um, Justin Hurst uh, wildlife management area just like an hour southwest of me as well that does it's a great place for public land duck hunting as well um so i think that'd be something that's cool uh lennox says he wants to go with me he wants to go duck hunting now that he got to see the ducks and the teal he really liked the teal and uh he, he wants to do it now so Let's hey do there's it. Lennox right now you want to say hi lennox hi <laughs> hey buddy how are you <laughs> he said hey buddy how are you yeah but uh man, like i said that, that sounds like fun man like say uh you know, if, if there's a spot open and I have time, uh, I'm going to find something to spend it outdoors, man. To find some time to spend outdoors, that's for sure. Yeah. Get outside, folks. Get outside, man, and, and just enjoy. Like uh, Nate says, all of God's creations, you know, check it out. You, you won't be disappointed for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, Dean. Well, thanks for joining us, Predators. Thanks for liking the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, go check out Dean's channel as well, Lung Crush at Lung Crusher Fifty Three. And uh, he's going to be coming out with some more product reviews and stuff like that, and uh, get some more hunting videos out there once he gets that uh, camera he can mount on his head. So, <laughs> yeah, some action shots. Yeah. All right, brothers, folks. Thanks for joining in, and uh, go subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends, and as always, keep defying the odds. Cheers. See you guys. <laughs>